Amen. That was good singing. We're going to turn this evening in God's precious word to the Old Testament and to the book of Numbers and the 19th chapter. The book of Numbers and the chapter 19. I want to give everyone a warm welcome to our service this evening. And we have set aside this evening to remember the Lord's death and to meet around the Lord's table together. And so we thank you for being here tonight. And we trust that as we come to God's word, that it will prove to be a blessing to each of our hearts. Numbers chapter 19, we read together from the first verse. And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, This is the ordinance of the law which the Lord hath commanded, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel that they bring thee a red heifer without spot, wherein is no blemish, and upon which never came yoke. And ye shall give her unto Eliezer the priest, that he may bring her forth without the camp, and one shall slay her before his face. And Eliezer the priest shall take of her blood with his finger, and sprinkle of her blood directly before the tabernacle of the congregation seven times. And one shall burn the heifer in his sight, her skin and her flesh and her blood with her dung shall he burn. And the priest shall take cedar wood and hyssop and scarlet and cast it into the midst of the burning of the heifer. Then the priest shall wash his clothes and he shall bathe his flesh in water and afterward he shall come into the camp. The priest shall be unclean until the even. And he that burneth her shall wash his clothes in water and bathe his flesh in water and shall be unclean until the even. And the man that is clean shall gather up the ashes of the heifer and lay them up without the camp in a clean place. And it shall be kept for the congregation of the children of Israel for a water of separation. It is a purification for sin. Amen. We'll end there at verse 9. And we trust that the Lord will add his own blessing to this reading from his own precious and infallible word. We look at the passage together this evening, but... I would bring your attention at the outset to the second verse, and that really sets the scene for us with what the Lord is commanding here. Numbers 19 and the verse 2, this is the ordinance of the law which the Lord hath commanded, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel that they bring thee a red heifer without spot, wherein is no blemish, and upon which never came yoke. And so we're looking together tonight at the red heifer. And what we have before us in this passage concerns the ceremonial cleansing 
of the unclean. The individual who is rendered unclean when they come into contact with a dead body. We didn't read as far as verse 11, but if you glance down to the 11th verse, it's defining there what we mean by unclean. And it says, He that toucheth the dead body of any man shall be unclean seven days. And that uncleanness there is a reference to defilement. And the idea that is linked up here in this passage of Scripture is the link between sin and death and being unclean before the Lord. And the connection between sin and death goes right back into the Garden of Eden at the very beginning. That time whenever sin entered and death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. And that connection was there established between sin and death. And it runs right through the word of God. And we can see it here in Numbers chapter 19 in relation to the touching of the dead. And the touching of the dead rendered that individual unclean. And that uncleanness meant that they were cut off. And they were cut off from the congregation of Israel. You look again further into the passage and you could look there at the verse 13. And it says, Whosoever toucheth the dead body of any man that is dead and purifieth not himself defileth the tabernacle of the Lord and that soul shall be cut off from Israel because the water of separation was not sprinkled upon him. He shall be unclean. His uncleanness is yet upon him. And the words there in the center of verse 13 are the words cut off. And if they had defiled themselves by touching the dead body, they were cut off from Israel. In the verse 20, you see those words cut off again. But the man that shall be unclean and shall not purify himself, that soul shall be cut off from among the congregation because he hath defiled the sanctuary of the Lord. And so they were cut off from Israel, cut off from the congregation, and in effect they were being cut off from the Lord. And such an individual therefore required a cleansing. And the Lord was giving instructions here through Moses. And that instruction concerned the sacrifice of a red heifer. And the sacrifice of the red heifer and all of the details surrounding that, then came the cleansing of the individual that was unclean. If you followed in the passage that Red heifer had to be carefully chosen. It was selected for the sacrifice. That red heifer would then be led outside the camp. And there outside the camp, it would be slain. And its blood 
would be shed and its blood would be sprinkled toward the tabernacle. In other words, before the Lord. The shedding of the blood of the sacrifice before the Lord. And then that heifer was taken and in its entirety it would be burned. And whenever it had come to just ashes, and the ashes in this chapter are important, but the ashes were taken and mingled with water. And it was then known as the water of separation. And anyone who had defiled themselves and who had become unclean, they could be sprinkled with this water of separation and they would be cleansed and they would be purified and they would be restored unto the congregation of Israel and they would be brought again before the Lord. And so that's what Numbers 19 is all about. And of course, as you've read it and thought about it there, it's speaking to us about the sacrifice of Christ. And so we've noticed firstly this evening the presentation of Christ's sacrifice. That's what's before us tonight. Here we have it along with all of the other sacrifices that we read of in the Old Testament. They're all pointing forward in time. And they're pointing forward to that once for all and final sacrifice for sin. And if you were to study Numbers chapter 19, you find that there is a very powerful picture here of the work of Christ. And it is foreshadowing the work of the Savior upon Calvary. Therefore, it's very appropriate for us this evening as we come around the Lord's table to remember his death that we have before us tonight a ready reminder of what the Savior has accomplished for us. The details are given in Numbers chapter 19 about a ceremonial cleansing and the purifying of the unclean before the Lord. But it is typifying for us that spiritual cleansing that we have through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it is necessary to have an understanding tonight that what we read in Numbers chapter 19 has a direct relation to the Lord Jesus Christ. That red heifer, that red heifer represents our Lord and Savior. And just for the moment, focus upon a few details here that are given that will help to convince us that we're seeing here a presentation of Christ and his sacrifice. Look at verse 3 of our Bible reading. And ye shall give her unto Eliezer the priest that he may bring her forth without the camp and one shall slay her before his face. And the detail there is given of that red heifer that it would be brought forth without the camp. Doesn't that indicate to us the very place where the Lord Jesus Christ himself would be crucified? 
In Hebrews chapter 13 and the verse 12, it says, Wherefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. In other words, it was outside the gate of the city of Jerusalem. It was outside the camp. It was there on Golgotha's hillside and just as the red heifer would be led forth without the camp, so the Lord Jesus Christ would suffer without the gate. Hebrews 13 and verse 13 says, Let us go forth therefore unto him without the camp, outside of the camp, bearing his reproach. And so we can see right away that when this red heifer was brought to the place of sacrifice, there's a presentation right away of what the Savior has done when he suffered outside the gate of the city. There in Numbers 19 and the verse 3, at the end of that verse, we read about the slaying of the red heifer. The red heifer would be put to death and put to death there outside the gate. The blood would be shed. And you could read on into verse 4 there, where the blood would be taken, and the blood would be sprinkled. And you have the shed blood, and you have the sprinkled blood. And you could go again to that letter to the Hebrews, and you would read there all about the blood of Christ. And it will tell us, without the shedding of blood is no remission. And you read about the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel's. And so you can see these details in our Bible reading that is bringing us a presentation of Christ's sacrifice. You come to that verse 9 where we ended our reading. And there the focus turns to the ashes after the heifer has been consumed in the fire, in the burning. And it says, And a man that is clean shall gather up the ashes of the heifer and lay them up without the camp in a clean place. And so the focus there on the ashes for this ceremonial cleansing. And so you think about the heifer and you think about its burning, and you think there about the ashes. And then when you come across again to Hebrews, and it's very important to see the connection here, because in Hebrews chapter 9, the apostle refers directly to that heifer that's before us tonight. In Hebrews 9 and the verse 13 The apostle writes, For if the blood of bulls and of goats, and listen, and the ashes of an heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works? to serve the living God. And the apostle there in Hebrews 9 and in the verse 12, he speaks there about the ashes of an heifer and he speaks about the blood. 
And he is showing us here that what we have read in Numbers chapter 19 has that direct relation to the Savior and to his sacrificial work. Paul's bringing us to that superior sacrifice, to that better sacrifice, the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And he says, how much more? How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works? There's that sin and death link again. The blood of the Lord Jesus Christ is able to purge us from the defilement of sin. He's able to take away our sin. Purge the conscience, the guilty conscience from dead works to serve the living God. And so there is certainly the presentation of Christ's sacrifice. But if you return to Numbers chapter 19, we see here in the second place the perfection of Christ's sacrifice. And there in verse 2 that we really used by way of introduction to the passage, you come through that second verse and the command here of the Lord was speak unto the children of Israel that they may bring thee a red heifer without spot wherein is no blemish and upon which never came yoke. Then those details given in verse 2, you could not fail to see that there's a reference here to the Savior. And it's bringing us to see the perfection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We're unmistakably drawn to the Lord Jesus from that second verse. The very choice of the heifer. Speak unto the children of Israel that they bring thee a red heifer. There had to be the choice of this heifer. They had to go and it had to be carefully selected and it was chosen. And whenever it was chosen, it was chosen to be the sacrifice. It was chosen for the purpose of sacrifice. There's the Lord Jesus Christ. He was the chosen of God. He was the anointed of God. He was the very Messiah. And he was chosen for sacrifice. And then you notice the color of the heifer. It was red. And red, of course, is going to speak to us very clearly about the blood. And we know that the life is in the blood. And here was a sacrifice of blood. And again, through the very color, we're being pointed to the sacrifice of Christ and to the shedding of his precious blood. The whole Savior's work is depicted for us here. The condition of the heifer says there in verse 2, a red heifer without spot without spot, wherein is no blemish. And so it would have to be examined and they would have to be absolutely convinced that 
There was no spot and there was no blemish. In other words, there's a perfection here in the sacrifice. They couldn't take one that was lame or one that was sick or one that had a spot or one that had some deformity. No. It had to be the very best. It had to be the red heifer that was perfect. There's not a spot and there's not a blemish. Isn't that the exact words that the Apostle Peter used of the Savior when he spoke in 1 Peter 1 about our redemption? We've been redeemed, not with corruptible things such as silver and gold, but we've been redeemed by the precious blood of the Lamb, the Lamb that is without blemish and without spot. And when we look to the Lord Jesus Christ and we think tonight around his table of his sacrifice, we have to think of the perfection of that sacrifice because he was the perfect savior, the condition of the heifer. And then the compliance of the heifer. The end of verse 2 says, and upon which never came yoke. The yoke. The yoke is put upon the animal in order that it might be forced to labor. And the yoke is put upon the animal whereby it's compelled to work. And it is made willing by the yoke. But here when it came to the sacrifice of the red heifer, it had to have never had a yoke. And it wasn't going to have a yoke here either. It was actually led forth, bring her forth without the camp. But there was no yoke. I believe it speaks to us this evening of the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ needed no yoke to drive him to Calvary. Speaking there of a willingness. It's speaking of the voluntary nature of Christ's sacrifice. That he was willing to be led forth to Calvary and to shed his precious blood and what was that that perfect sacrifice. And he went the whole way. The obedience of the Savior was right on to death. And what we learn afresh this evening in this presentation of Christ's sacrifice is the perfection of his sacrifice. Then notice thirdly the purification of of Christ's sacrifice. That's the whole purpose of this chapter. It's all about purification from sin and from uncleanness. And this sacrifice and all of the details and all of the instructions were given in order that individuals would be purified. If you look there at the end of verse 9 where we finished our Bible reading, it tells us here it is a purification for sin. That's what this is all about, purification for sin through the sacrifice of blood. You could look as well to the verse 17. And it says in verse 17, And for an unclean person, they shall take of the ashes of the burnt heifer of purification for sin. 
and running water shall be put there too in a vessel. But those words, purification for sin, and the whole work here in this sacrifice was for purification. And those who were defiled and those who were cut off, they could be cleansed. They could be reconciled. There's so many details here, we could never focus in on every detail, but the burning of that heifer, and it had to be burned completely. Verse 5 details that, and one shall burn the heifer in his sight. Her skin and her flesh and her blood with her dung shall he burn. And therefore there had to be this complete sacrifice. And it's showing how that heifer was totally consumed. And there's the Lord Jesus Christ with the fire of God's wrath that fell upon him at Calvary. And Christ's sacrifice was a complete and an entire sacrifice. Further details added there in verse 6 concerns the burning. And the priest shall take cedar wood and hyssop and scarlet and cast it into the midst of the burning of the heifer. These particular things that were going to be added to the fire, the cedar wood and the hyssop and the scarlet, and if you were to study those things through in the Word of God, you would find that they are always connected with cleansing and with purification. The cedar, word, cedar wood is known for its ability to preserve, uh, to preserve especially from decay and from corruption. And through the work of the Lord Jesus Christ and his sacrifice upon the tree, the Lord is able to keep and the Lord is able to preserve his redeemed people from decay and from the corruption of sin. The cedar wood is added there to speak of that preservation from sin. And the hyssop. We're familiar with the mention of hyssop in the word of God. And you remember uh, the psalmist David when he sinned against the Lord and he was defiled. And then in Psalm 51, he repents and he confesses and he prays to the Lord. And in the verse 17 or 7 of that chapter, he says, Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. And so the cedar wood is added and the hyssop is added. And then it tells us about the scarlet. The scarlet was that dye that was made from those little red grub-like worms. And those little red grub-like worms were taken and they were actually crushed. And the redness, the scarlet that was produced from the crushing of the worms, that was used as a dye. And the Lord himself in Psalm 22, he prayed, I am a worm and no man. And surely in Psalm 22, that's the Psalm of Golgotha. That's the Psalm of Calvary. And the Lord was likening himself to the worm that would be crushed. And that scarlet 
the scarlet blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that cleanseth us, cleanseth us from all sin. What a picture there is here in Numbers chapter 19 of Christ's sacrificial work upon Calvary. Then finally we notice the provision of Christ's sacrifice. If you look at the ninth verse again of our Bible reading, and the man that is clean shall gather up the ashes of the heifer and lay them up without the camp in a clean place. And it shall be kept for the congregation of the children of Israel for a water of separation. It is a purification for sin. And there was provision that was made here. And the detail that I draw to your attention is the fact that the ashes through the burning of the heifer and those things that were added to it, the ashes would be gathered up and the ashes would be kept. The words there in verse 9, that they would lay them up, they would store them, they would keep them. So this wasn't a sacrifice that was to be often repeated. No, this was the ashes of one sacrifice that would be kept. And the indication is that this sacrifice would never lose its value. The ashes would always be there. And if there was one who was defiled and one who was rendered unclean, they could go to the ashes. And they could get some of the ashes again and mix them together with water in a vessel and then sprinkle the unclean. They would be cleansed. But the sacrifice would never lose its value. You see that of the sacrifice of Christ, the provision that we have in him. It's a never-to-be-repeated sacrifice because that once-for-all and final sacrifice of Christ, it would never lose its power and it would never lose its value and it never needs to be repeated. But we can say tonight where there's one who is defiled and one who has been corrupted with the pollution of sin, The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, still cleanses. Cleanseth us from all sin. And I understand the meaning of that verse in 1 John is, it keeps on cleansing us from all sin. And so you can see the provision that we have there in the Lord Jesus Christ. The detail as you go on into this chapter For any who were unclean and defiled, they had to be sprinkled with that water of separation twice. On the third day, and then again on the seventh day. And then they would be pronounced clean. The number three and the number seven has significance. Number three and number seven would speak to us about completion and about perfection. Therefore, when you come to the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the cleansing of his precious blood, it's a complete cleansing. It's a full cleansing. It's a perfect cleansing. And the individual 
is no longer cut off from God, but the individual is reconciled to God through the sacrifice of his son.